you're a veteran or military spouse of an early stage startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Last Braining team. What does it take to build an entrepreneur ecosystem? Being in the New York City metro area, I'm fortunate enough to have access to meetups, co-working spaces, and a constant stream of mentors. But for those of you not in major metropolitan areas, you may have to build your own ecosystems from the ground up, which is why for today's show, I sat down with Jim Roberts, an ecosystem builder and founder of the Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington, North Carolina. Jim is no stranger to the bunker, where he worked hand in hand with the Bunker Labs team down in Raleigh-Durham as a community development director. On the transition, Jim and I talked through his journey building out the Wilmington entrepreneurial ecosystem, what he's learned along the way, and how to build out your own ecosystems in absence of one. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to the transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover in the show or in the newsletter, Feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. Jim, welcome back to The Bunker. Appreciate you making time for us today. Hello from North Carolina. Good to see you, my friend. I like to call it North Crackalacky. I was stationed there down go. there in- uh, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm a hip hop guy myself. I get it. I understand it. I got it. Yeah, I was stationed in Jacksonville from uh, 2011 until 2015 when I left. And uh, just before we went live, I was reminding Jim that we, him and I met in 2018 at the Bunker Lab Summit in New York City. I mean, not New York Washington, City, sorry. DC. Washington, D.C. I was so fired up from that event. I was a city leader, newly minted city leader, you know, was loving the entrepreneurial ecosystem, being around so many other veteran entrepreneurs that when I got back to Newark, I left my full-time job to focus on uh, Ironbound. But it was an event like that. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today is just the ecosystem development, you know, being around other entrepreneurs that are actually doing it it shows you what's possible, you know? And I came back from that so energized. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Now, I didn't realize how much I would get punched in the face a few months That's later, right. but it just That's comes right. with the territory. And uh, one of the things though, since that event, I've been following Jim online. He's been doing some amazing uh, ecosystem development down in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. And what's interesting about that for a lot of you all out there is that I know sometimes uh, the majority of our community are not in these big metropolitan areas. We're not in New York City or the San Francisco Bay Area, et cetera. And there's still tons of opportunity to get in the startup ecosystem, you know, um, and cultivate community around it. And so I want the gym to come on here and talk about the work he's doing down in Wilmington and also what you all should be looking for as you participate in and cultivate your own entrepreneurial uh, ecosystem. So without further ado, uh, Jim, again, honored to have you on the platform today. 
Uh, it's my honor, sir. I follow you as well on social media and, and glad you're doing well. And uh, hope to pick up on the book when it when it, when you release it. I'll I'll be one of the first in line. I promise. I appreciate that. So, how about you start off by introducing yourself to everyone and uh, let them know what you have going on down in Wilmington? Sure. Uh, I started the Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington in 2015 after working at a university incubator there for two years, and we are a monthly meeting of entrepreneurs and everyone that they need to know is in one room. Uh, we always have some kind of topic at our events, so they're not just networking events, but what can you learn from someone who's been there and done that? And we aim to give our entrepreneurs and our attendees, you know, three things that they can use the next day in their business. And that's the goal of every event that we have. Uh, besides that, I, um, I run an angel network. I myself am not an investor, but I manage a group of investors that look at local deal flow and, and uh, the, the entrepreneurs that come to our events and we try to prepare those entrepreneurs for capital and then we take the best deals and we put them in front of a small group of, of investors that we have. And we've made 17 deals since 2015, invested over a million dollars and we're usually the first money in uh, to help our entrepreneurs go to other cities and say, hey, some of our local angels have invested Will you please take a look as well? Or if we, if our local guys say no, then we help them find investors in other cities and try to bring that back. And if you will, kind of create some FOMO. You know, if the, if the investor in Charlotte or Raleigh liked us, maybe you'll take a second look at what we what we what we're building. And now we have kind of a validation that you should take a second look at what we're doing. I'm also an entrepreneur in residence at a local university in Pembroke, North Carolina, which is very rural. And I also a year ago started uh, <laughs> started an ecosystem consulting business where I've been consulting with Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for the last 18 months about how they can replicate the success of Wilmington. That's really That's what amazing. I'm up to. Besides, besides uh, raising my 14-year-old son, which is a whole full-time job in itself. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I don't have any kids yet, but, you know, I'm always cognizant of, you know, the realities that come with being an entrepreneur, whether you're starting an organization or starting your own, you know, small business and also taking care of the family side of the house. So hey, to that point, you. all of our events are usually at four o'clock in the afternoon and it gives the parents time to get home for dinner with their families. So we're 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 certainly aware of um parents and entrepreneurship. And, and actually, we just started an emotional intelligence training for entrepreneurs, meaning, you know, if you have some stress at work, how do you handle it at work and not bring it home? Uh, what are some healthy ways that you can improve your communication skills so the stress lowers at the work and also you're not bringing that stress home to your spouse? Absolutely. So one thing we do on this show, Mr. Roberts, is we take off our armor. Sure. So, uh, you know, obviously you guys been kicking ass and taking names down there in Wilmington. You just got named. What was it? The number one? The number one ecosystem in America and number two in the world behind um, Cambridge, uh, England. And this is for cities below 300,000. And what's important about that is we're at 125,000. So we're nowhere near that limit of 300,000. We're ranked in the top 30 nationally and uh, top 71 ecosystems in the world at any said city size. Congratulations. 
And so uh, as far as taking off your armor go, let us know, you know, the other side of it. What's something you're struggling with, either personally or professionally, uh, building this ecosystem out down there in Wilmington? Well, the important part is our events are free. So we don't charge the entrepreneurs to attend. We rely on sponsorships from law firms, accounting firms, web design shops, app shops, um, even foundations that really care about their city or care about their state. And so the first five years of our organization, we had less than $25,000 of annual support, which is why I had to get all those other jobs that I listed earlier, right? If you're, if you're not making one, you got to have some side hustles to make up your what you need to live and support your family. And so an ecosystem organization, you know, um, needs to have local financial support as you grow. And that has always been a struggle, uh, especially when you're in a smaller city that doesn't have large corporate partners that can write a 10,000, 50,000, 25,000 sponsorship. I'm collecting sponsorships at $2,500 and $5,000 a year. And you have to add up a lot of those to make a living. Absolutely. So it's a, it's just, it's still a hustle. Oh, it's very much a hustle. You know, I'm, I'm a hustler. I'm a, you know, I'm a former ball player. Uh, I'm a former sales guy. I'm an Irish kid from Chicago and we're, you know, the Irish have always hustled. And so, you know, that's just part of my nature. Um, even if I had a, you know, a million dollars, a billion dollars, I would still hustle. That's just in my blood. As difficult as it is to raise funding to support these kind of meetups and everything, why do you still do it? What's what's what keeps you so passionate to, you know, dedicate time and resources and energy that could be utilized, you know, building out your own, you know, uh, venture? Yeah, I, one, I don't think I've ever found that brilliant idea, you know, that I would go out on my own and start my own company. I haven't had that strike of lightning Number two, I think it's in my nature from my parents. My, my dad was a 30-year basketball coach and a high school teacher. My mom spent her whole career in nonprofits. Um, so I, I think I like the coaching side of it, um, you know, helping the entrepreneur. And, and what's great is if I get bored with one entrepreneur, I've got 99 more that have problems, right? So uh, it's never a, a lack of things to do. There's always someone to help. There's always a new person to town. There's always an entrepreneur who needs just three more introductions to get over the hump of um, funding or sales or there's always something that can be done. And, you know, I certainly have a bit of a attention disorder and uh, I kind of like that there's a variety of things to do. I, I'm, I'm also, I, I enjoy the underdog. You know, I'm, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. We've had, we've, we've been nothing but underdogs except for one year that I've been alive. And um, I, I just like to help I like to help startups accomplish and achieve their dreams as entrepreneurs. And that's a lot of fun. I, I certainly would love, you know, additional income, but uh, this is, this is my passion. I, I saw a, a story with uh, Anthony Bourdain and he was interviewing somebody from Chicago and he said, Chicago's not a city where you care about money that much. You're not trying to build your next house. The, 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 the currency of Chicago is favors. And I, and I thought about that, and that's kind of how I've been living for the last 25 years. 
I understand completely, even my work with Ironbound Boxing, right? There's not a lot of money in right. youth yeah. amateur boxing, let alone when you do it for free. But there's that fulfillment you get out of uh, creating a value in other people's lives, right? right? Helping other people get on that pedestal right. um, and accomplish their dreams and ambitions. So I appreciate you sharing the difficulties that come with the uh, ecosystem development. I'm going to take off my armor, too. One thing I'm struggling with as an entrepreneur is I need to take a vacation. But I'm kind of in this growth phase right now where I'm kind of going out, I'm doing more speaking, I'm doing a lot more traveling. And then you kind of look at your calendar and you're like, oh my gosh, where am I going to fit like a two week vacation in? Right. Okay. But at the same time, it's like, why are we doing what we do? Right. We're trying to have a happy and fulfilling life. Venture is an opportunity to do it and do it on our own terms. And so I'm at the point where like my girlfriend's asking for a vacation. I need to prioritize it and just figure it out. But I, um, it's hard, you know, it's hard when you're building, you know, and you want to walk away from your, from your baby and let it, you know, run by itself for two weeks. And I have a great team that can make it happen. It's more of just like, I'm really excited right now. Cause we're in this kind of like right. growth phase. Right. Um, but I do need to prioritize, uh, taking a vacation. So hopefully y'all hold me to it and I'm going to come back and tell how amazing it was. That sounds good. Oh, you know, Fridays in the summer can be pretty slow. You can always. You can always uh, take that Friday off and um, maybe not a two week vacation, but you can make it a long weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. We'll see, though. You know, I'm going to get a plan. I'm going to prioritize it because if you don't put it on the calendar, um, it's not happening. Come down now, to Wilmington for your vacation. We got plenty of beach spots for you. I used to go hang out in Wilmington. I used to go to Front Street Brewery. Yeah, I used to walk on the water. I mean, beautiful city. Um, and it, it would be nice to, to visit it again after all these years. Now, one of the things I want to acknowledge, which brought us here today, is Bunker Labs, a national network of veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. You were the community development director for uh, the Riley-Durham area. Um, talk to us about how important it is for the veteran community to have access to an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Well, as you know, and I've tried to clarify with you, I am certainly not a veteran, but uh, my grandfather was a veteran in the Korean War and uh, certainly have a soft spot in my heart. But I was hired by Bunker Labs to really be the connector to the private sector. How can you connect these veterans? It's not just veterans to veterans, but veterans need the help of the private sector as well. And there's a lot of people in America who do have a soft spot, soft spot for helping veterans. And I lined up a lot of those people. And so whether they became sponsors or speakers or judges at our pitch contests, um, that was mostly my role. I was a fundraiser. I think I, you know, um, I raised the, the total amount to create a, a Wilmington chapter. Uh, that I believe it was $25,000 at the time. So you raised $25,000 and then you're named as a chapter for, um, for Bunker Labs. And that's how I got involved. I needed additional income to my own nonprofit. And I, I joined Bunker Labs as a, you know, to start the Wilmington chapter. And then Dean hired me, Dean Bunchu hired me more in the statewide role. And I moved away from Wilmington and came back to Raleigh because that's really where the funds were to be raised. And um, I did that for a couple of years and really enjoyed my time. And um, I certainly loved helping the veterans of North Carolina. Um, I think it, I think it was a very good experience for me. And you, you hit on, you hinted on something about, you know, you not being a veteran. 
um, but at the same time, understanding how important it is to connect our community with the private sector. And that's why I open up this platform to non-veterans as well, because there's still value to be added to the community. And I think sometimes, right, like there is a comfortableness that comes with just hanging out with other veterans all the time. And right. that's great going to meetups where it's veteran focused, et cetera. But at the same time, right, we do need to connect with these other ventures that are non-veterans, these other uh, businesses out there um, and, and built together. And so, again, that's why it's so great to have you on here. Now, I want to start off by talking about some of the startups that you've seen achieve liftoff down in Wilmington. Um, and again, they don't have the visibility that they would if they were in the New York City area or Palo Alto, yet they've still been able to achieve liftoff and fight gravity. Talk to us about some of these startups and what were some of the success things that made that possible? Do you want me to talk about veteran-specific companies or companies in general? Veteran, companies in general. Yeah. So Wilmington is a tourism city. It's a, it's a beach town. It's 20 minutes from the ocean. It's also a river town, so it's right on the river, a very important river to North Carolina, and it's also a port town. And so uh, also a university town with UNC Wilmington. And I was hired by UNC Wilmington to start their incubator. And um, I'll say among my friends, they weren't very supportive of this career move because they had never heard of many entrepreneurial startups uh, based, in, based in Wilmington. But when, on the first week of the job, I met a company called Untapped. And Untapped is kind of a, well, they were called Next Glass at the time. It was how, if you're a wine taster, and you go to a bottle shop and you see a bottle that you might want to buy, you could put your phone up to the label and it would tell you the likelihood of whether or not you would like that wine based on wines you've had in the past and entered into the database. And a few years later, that company acquired a bigger company called Untapped, and then Untapped had an exit. So if you're running an ecosystem, the ultimate success is to have an exit meaning you have kind of put your resources behind a startup that thrived and then somebody came in and either bought that company or or it went public on wall street and we had a second company we have a bank in wilmington called live oak bank and they had a spin out of their bank a software company called encino which is n-c-i-n-o and that company went public on wall street and so you had these two exits uh, we had a third company called Player Space, which was if you're running a YMCA basketball league, all of that historically has been done by hand. So this guy created a piece of software where you could manage your YMCA basketball league or soccer league or whatever sport. And uh, it was a way to electronically have a much better infrastructure for um, where the games were, who was registered, where, who was playing who. And it was something that parents could log in and into and see where the games were. Maybe there was bad weather. Maybe the gym had issues and they had to cancel it. This was a way to kind of follow where the gaming the game was. And so those three companies all exited in the same year. And if you're running an ecosystem or if you're trying to start an angel network, you need to be involved with these kind of exits to validate your work. And then suddenly more people who missed out, missed out on those investments, they come to you and go, okay, I will join your, your, uh, your, your network of investors uh, because you seem to know where to find the deal flow. 
And that's what we've had going on uh, for the last couple of years. We've also had, you know, a third of our um, investments as our whale angel network are veteran started companies because I was involved with Bunker Labs and Wilmington is a destination for, for veterans. Um, we invested in a company in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is about an hour away. We have a new company that we have not yet invested in. Uh, but it's called um, Essential Personnel, and this is two Marines who have started a piece of software for the wellness sector of fire stations and police stations and EMTs. That is now mandated by law that you have to have some kind of wellness incorporated into your uh, police district or fire district to make sure that you're checking on the, the mental well-being, wellness of uh, the people that are employed at the fire station. And so this company now has over a dozen clients. We helped them get involved in a grant that they won, $50,000 grant. They won a startup showcase in our North Carolina Technology Association. And I helped them get a huge article out of Atlanta, which it's the premier startup newsletter in Atlanta and really the Southeast for people who can read what's going on. And for a Wilmington company to be profiled in this Atlanta newsletter is a pretty big deal because it's a lot of readership. It could be a lot of investors read that. You know, we're hoping for prospects and clients that would read that article. Somebody sends it to them and suddenly our client, our company in Wilmington has new clients. And those are all positive things. So we've had a lot of positive growth in our ecosystem and we're very proud of it because we've worked very hard to achieve it. How difficult is it for these ventures to raise capital when they're not in like these uh, bigger areas? And how are they getting, how are they perceived, you know, when they do reach out to investors across the country? Yeah, that's, I mean, if you've been to Wilmington, then you know that there's a certain amount of money that's retired there. It's, it's no longer a cheap place to live. You know, the cost of living's gone up significantly because the salaries are higher and uh, people can afford better houses. And people have always been retiring to Wilmington since 19, I believe 1990 is when I-40 was expanded from the Raleigh area and it expanded all the way to the beach. And so, you know, there's an airport there and um, it's a very easy airport to use. So it's very popular with the locals and people can fly in, fly in their friends and, you know, they have a beach weekend or a beach week or two weeks and, you um, it's a very popular place. So there's always been money in the Wilmington area. We're now trying to access that money through the successes that we've had. And this number one ranking has really raised our profile to um, some new people reaching out and reading publications that are listing Wilmington as an ecosystem. And they weren't even paying attention to the local media. They're not reading the local business journal or the local newspaper because they're not from there. They're from Boston or Chicago or New York. So they don't read the local press to see what's going on in their own backyard. But it's hard to deny, you know, this kind of number one ecosystem ranking. And so some, some very high profile people that we had no idea were living in Wilmington are now reaching out to us trying to get involved. And that's that's a big plus. So you know, like I said earlier, if, if, if we invest as the Wilmington Angel Network, um, or the, I'm sorry, the Whale Angel Network, um, they can leverage that investment and go to other cities because I'm, I'm connected throughout the Southeast. 
you know, I'm a big, tall, I used to have a lot of red hair. Mike, you never saw that red hair, but um, I'm a pretty big guy. So if you see me in events, it's very easy to post out, hey, there's Jim over there. He runs, he's done ecosystem building in Charlotte and Asheville and Durham and now Wilmington. If you want to connect to North Carolina, just reach out to Jim. And that's a nice, you know, that's a pretty high profile position to be in. And it allows me to open a lot of doors for our entrepreneurs, as well as help people from other cities. So I take full advantage of trying to leverage those relationships and help our entrepreneurs. There's been, I'll give you another example. Mike, one of the best things that we've done in Wilmington since I got there is to connect Wilmington and Raleigh, which are about two and a half hours away. But on September, I'm sorry, October 13th, we will be over 95 investors that I've invited from the Raleigh Durham or the Charlotte market to come and speak in Wilmington. And believe it or not, some of those speakers have invested in the companies they met at our events. And so that's another way that I, I call that our coastal corridor. It's a two-way relationship between Raleigh and Wilmington and Durham and Wilmington because we're as close as anyone else is to the Raleigh market which is a top 10 innovation economy. That's where all the resources are. There's big companies, there's state government, there's universities, all the resources an entrepreneur would need are two and a half hours away. But instead of forcing our entrepreneurs to go to Raleigh, I'm inviting my friends from Raleigh Durham to come and spend a day at the beach. Mike, you guys, you know this as well as anyone, an investor in Raleigh probably has a beach house right? But they never use it. Just like you said, you never go on vacation. Well, these guys don't go on vacation either, and they own a beach house. So if I invite them Thursday at four o'clock to come and speak at one of my events, I've had one person turn me down in nine years who didn't want to come and speak. And so they just make it a weekend. If I invite them Thursday at four o'clock, they just make it a weekend with their family at the beach house they already own. So we, we look at every leverage point we can to bring more resources, meaning investors, to Wilmington through the things we just discussed. With the shift because of COVID, right, a lot of people were able to raise funds over Zoom calls. You know, they no longer had to go to in-person, and it really opened up the world beyond uh, Silicon Valley for uh, opportunity to get access to capital. How have you seen this start to affect you know, your efforts down in, in Wilmington, do you feel like there's been a shift um, in terms of opportunity uh, post-COVID? I didn't want to say post-COVID because we're still in it, but just with this understanding of remote work and displaced ecosystems now, because you're seeing it in, um, you know, in Austin, there's the tech ecosystem growing in Austin. You know, you've got uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they're trying to recruit a lot more uh, black entrepreneurs right. down there. And you're seeing this pocket, uh, St. Louis, right, with the Arch Grants, right? So how are you kind of seeing this down in Wilmington? Well, I wouldn't say COVID has helped us. I would say remote work has helped us. You know, um, while I don't think Wilmington is necessarily a cheap place to stay, if you're selling your house in California for X million dollars, and you can find a coastal house in North Carolina for $400,000, then that sounds like a bargain, right? So we've had some investors who work nationally who now live in Wilmington, and that's been a nice addition as we add those people into our ecosystem where maybe they don't necessarily invest. Maybe our startups aren't 
sophisticated yet enough to get a check from one of these investors, they certainly can play a role in educating them towards um, becoming more sophisticated as they find clients and scale their company. I would say we've benefited more from not only those investors living, but some talent. We were just, uh, Wilmington was just ranked the number 11 city in America for attracting talent during the pandemic. And so those are the two ways that we've benefited. The entrepreneurs that you're working with, right? You said they're less sophisticated, right? And I think this is where having a strong ecosystem um, helps because I think about myself when I came in, like I didn't know anything about pitch decks. I didn't even know anything about, you know, how capital is allocated or how to build a sales team and do all this other stuff. But the thing that I have available to me is just this amazing network here in the New York City metro area. I'm talking out of my incubator space. I have a right. free incubator space that serves as my podcast studio, right? That's one of the benefits of being a veteran entrepreneur, having access to these kind of resources all across the uh, country. But when you all started down in Wilmington, a lot of that didn't exist back in what, 2014? 2013, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's inviting the professionals that I know to come and meet with entrepreneurs, even if it's not one-on-one. -on -one. You know, another thing the pandemic brought was the power of Zoom and I could introduce mentors to entrepreneurs and they didn't have to be in the same room anymore. You know, obviously the technology of Zoom is not new. Maybe the brand of Zoom is new, but I don't think we appreciated it or used it as much as we do now. Um, even now, while we're at the end of this pandemic, I hope, uh, we're still just like you and I are, we're in different cities, but we're still communicating as if we're in the same room. So I can look in your face and see your facial expressions if you're yawning or if you're paying right. attention or if your eyes are glazed over and I need to cut it off. You know, um, I think that's been a very powerful addition to the ecosystem to allow people to learn. Because I, you know as well as I do, uh, entrepreneurs prefer to learn from other entrepreneurs. Um, they don't necessarily enjoy the academic to the private sector training they want to hear from people who have been in the trenches and um, and 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 survived and thrived. And how did they land that big contract or how did they land that investor? What were three things that I can pick up and I can use in my own pursuit of success? The education component that you've been bringing in, whether, like you said, bringing in entrepreneurs that have done it. Do you guys have any kind of formalized incubator process that you take them through? Or is it yeah. mainly just, um, you know, connecting them at the different events? I, I had an accelerator program. I don't like the word accelerator unless there's money involved. But we had a we had we call it edutainment. Our, our entrepreneurs don't like the educational programming. So we kind of add some edutainment. Uh, so how do you entertain the entrepreneurs and sneak in some education? So we're working on a program. We got a grant a couple of years ago. And uh, we've had some delays, but we're working on a nine-week lean startup business canvas plan um, that we will be starting in October. So we're working on that now. There's, there's a couple programs within Wilmington that I am I'm not in charge of, but I'm part of, whether it's promoting it or suggesting that entrepreneurs go through it or playing a role somehow in the programming. Um, but we, we've struggled. 
I wouldn't say how do I, I can't say it any other way. Wilmington is not a city that until now really needed, I would say, graduate programs uh, like MBAs. That wasn't something that was needed in the tourism marketing and the, you know, um, kind of the service industry that Wilmington had before 2013. But now as companies like Encino have been recruiting more and more MBAs, we're starting to see a new sophistication level in the people that are moving to the Wilmington market. So we're starting to see a little more hunger for some programming, and um, we're hoping to start that in October. But other than that, every event that I have has some kind of education, whether it's around how to raise capital or sales or marketing. Um, we never just have a shaking hands networking event. There's always some education going on at all of our events. And I kind of get a sense from the crowd on what events they want to see in the near future. So if I hear a conversation about, hey, I'm really struggling with this or that, then over the next two or three months, I'll have a program on those topics. For our listeners that don't have these ecosystems, right, as somebody that's built one from the ground up, like you said, you start with the meetup. And I know what it takes. When you first start out, you might have like five people show up. Right. But then you keep going consistently, consistently. You host the events, like you said, monthly. And then next thing you know, you kind of have this audience. I would love for you to give us our listeners some advice that don't necessarily have ecosystems in their local community. And let's walk them through how to build one. Well, that's good because I've been working really hard on this list uh, recently. So I think I have a very good list for you. Number one thing that I do is advocacy. So there are statewide resources that um, maybe, you know, like in Wilmington is not the state capital. So how do entrepreneurs learn what is available? So I am very active on those statewide committees. There's three statewide committees that I'm on, the three most important uh, committees for entrepreneurs in North Carolina, and I serve on those committees. So I'm fighting in that room for the entrepreneurs, and I think that's a very important role for ecosystem leaders. Number two is events. We describe we have monthly events. Now, Mike, you know Wilmington is the eighth largest city in North Carolina, but we have the highest attendance of any startup event, any monthly startup event in the whole state of North Carolina. So we can average between 115 and 155 people per event that we have in a city of 125,000 people. Um, third is mentorship. How do you introduce entrepreneurs to the mentors that they need? And Mike, I think it's very important that your listeners realize that every wealthy person doesn't make a good mentor just because they have financial success or there's someone in their family had financial success, that doesn't mean that they're a good mentor. You know, I think it's kind of more of those bootstrapped entrepreneurs who really have the great advice. And the second piece of advice I have on that is your mentors don't necessarily have to tell you things that you have to follow. The best mentors actually ask better questions. And you have to filter that advice through your uh, integrity and character and whether that fits who you are in your beliefs. And those are the best mentors actually ask the best questions. Next is preparation for investors. You know, um, as you said, there was not a lot of formalized capital in Wilmington before 2013. 
So how would the entrepreneurs know how to interact with those investors? Um, we have a great event that you would love called our Tough Love Event, where we listen to a practice pitch by a local entrepreneur, but we invite five people from out of town who are not their neighbors, who are not their family, who are not going to run into them at church. And so they don't have to be forgiving. They can give constructive criticism. They can tell them that they have an ugly baby. They don't have to tell them to shut it down, but they can say, hey, you need to pivot on these three ideas that you have in your business because they're not going to work. And here's why they won't work. And I don't believe in slide number seven, and I don't believe in slide number 10, and your problem slide needs to go first. And by the way, investors invest in management, so they wanna see who is on your team, because if your idea goes sideways, they need to know that you have an experienced team that can fix the direction of the company. Uh, the fifth one is, communications with regional media. I told that story about that website in Atlanta called Hypopotamus, but I also have I also have a newsletter. And in my newsletter, I kind of have an op-ed that starts it. I have some news about local entrepreneurs. I have a list of regional events and I thank my sponsors in my newsletters. And those are the things that are very important to keep your entrepreneurs and the community informed on what's going on and who is succeeding and maybe who's not um, in your backyard. We already talked about the coastal corridor, the relationship between all the, you know, the, the resources in uh, Raleigh-Durham and how I brought 95 investors down to Wilmington. Another very important thing that people don't consider is who's going to spend the political capital um, I have found in conservative southern cities that people don't want to put their name on the line for other people. But if you're working with that entrepreneur and you believe in them and they've accomplished some little milestones that you set ahead for them, then you need to start opening doors for these entrepreneurs who, um, who maybe don't have these relationships with the investors or even the lawyers. Mike, I think something people really underestimate is the power of your law firm and accounting firm for opening doors to the investors. Because who are angel networks gonna you know, rely on for deal flow? They're gonna call the best lawyer in town and say, hey, tell me about a couple deals that you're working on. And that happens at parties all the time. Well, if you're one of those you know, um, companies that the lawyer is working with, you're gonna rise to the top of the list of, hey, this top, high-profile lawyer who specializes in startups has this new client that we should take a look at. So you need to think about who's fighting on your behalf. Do you have a lawyer that's willing to open some doors to the investor contacts that they have? And if not, you should find a different lawyer. Um, that's a very important part of, of ecosystem building. And eight, I think, is very new to us is because of the high profile of all these articles that have been written about Wilmington, we're starting to attract entrepreneurs. I don't believe in recruiting entrepreneurs to your city because these incentives aren't, aren't meant for startups. You don't have anything. So how are you going to justify getting, you know, if you create 100 jobs over the next three years, we'll give you $100,000 a year incentive. 
No, I think you attract entrepreneurs through the success of the entrepreneurs you already have in your backyard. I talked about those three exits that we had. When that gets out, people start looking at your city and going, well, what, what do they have in that city that I'd never heard of? And why don't we have it in our city? And maybe I should take a look at moving my company and my family to Wilmington. And oh, by the way, yeah, they have a beach. But that's not what's attracting these entrepreneurs. It's that we're growing companies that these companies aspire to. Um, <laughs> there's a veteran that moved all the way from Colorado Springs, Colorado to Wilmington, and he had never been. He moved sight unseen. And this is one of my favorite stories in 22 years of doing this work. He emailed me when he the night before he was leaving. And every time he stopped at a restaurant or stopped at a rest area or stopped at a hotel, he would read his email and send me three more questions. And so we were having this conversation, even though I'd never met this person and that person had never been to Wilmington. I'm just becoming a resource of information to say, Tell me the things that you want to see in our community and I'll tell you where they are and I'll tell you if we do or we don't have them and where you can find them. And now this person has become, you know, one of my good friends because of this strange way that we met through attracting him to our ecosystem. That's great. And I'm just kind of looking at this list and I feel like this is also going to empower me with this platform here because that's all I'm doing is I'm connecting the ecosystem. I'm building community. I've been doing some ecosystem mapping from some of the different programs we have because so many people are inspired by veteran entrepreneurs that there are all these different programs available. But for a lot of entrepreneurs that are coming in the space, they don't know the different options, right? And so one program might be really good at this educational component, like you said, going from zero to hero versus another one might be good like us here at Bunker Labs with a super connecting right helping you build that military veteran and military spouse network and so when you're in the ecosystem it's crazy because all of a sudden your events your hobbies your friends start to look different than what you had before right and i think about my life pre getting exposed to right. bunker labs versus now and so i'm going to be using this list as i think about how we can continue to build and expand this platform and then i guess for a question i have for you is for the entrepreneurs that are looking for an ecosystem, are these the things that they should be looking for as signs of a strong ecosystem? Like, is there advocacy? Are there events taking place? Is there mentorship? And if not, maybe you got to jump in your car and drive 45 minutes up the road to this town where all this stuff is going on or dialing in virtually, et cetera. Yeah, I think you also have to look at talent. You know, if you grow a company, you know, there aren't, there aren't many other cities on the North Carolina coasts. There are a lot of towns. There's a lot of fishing villages. But if, if, if you're just moving to the ocean, there are different places that you could live that are, you know, that are cheaper. But if you're going to scale a company, you're going to need talent to join your company. And you're going to have to take a look at what kind of, what kind of education is available? You know, what, what is the age group of the city that I'm moving to? If it's older, you know, if, if, if it sounds great, but it's an ocean and you're at the coast, but everyone there is 57 or older, you know, that's probably not a great place for you to grow a company that needs high, fast growth technology skills. Um, that is a crucial piece to to Wilmington that we're just figuring out now. And part of that has been COVID, uh, people being able to do virtual work. 
Or, you know, hey, we have these exits. These companies now have a tremendous amount of money and they're giving everyone at the company, you know, $20,000 more than they were a couple years ago. And so I would, you have to look at, you know, what is, what are the funding stories that are coming out of that? Mike, we've leapfrogged a lot of cities in North Carolina that have not put this infrastructure in place that have a lot more resources than Wilmington does. But our ecosystem, we have something called the Coalition, which is a, an organization of 13 organizations of nonprofits that help small business and help entrepreneurs. Now, it's very important that those are very different. I don't help someone who's trying to start a restaurant. That's not my ballgame, but there are plenty of people who can, and I can always refer people to those organizations. I help big, scalable technology companies and uh, life sciences companies. So even though I may not be able to help that restaurant entrepreneur, I know three other organizations which, within our coalition that can be helpful to those kind of entrepreneurs. That's just not what... That's not the best use of my time because I'm trying to create high growth, high salary companies that uh, that are changing our city. Understood. Well, Jim, I appreciate you sitting down with us. There's a great list. I know we talked about a lot of different things today. What goes into a strong ecosystem lessons learned from Wilmington um, and also, you know, some advice for our entrepreneurs that are in the sticks, as we like to say, and are having to build ecosystems up from scratch. Is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, if you're dealing with rural entrepreneurs, like you just said, in the sticks, there's a great company in Moore County, North Carolina called Active Defender. And they have software for schools that are trying to secure, create security around active shooter problems. And we know that this is a problem in America. And um, we got a little press coverage for them out of Atlanta, out of Nashville, and they from when they started, they were very, very small. And now they have more than 20 clients in 20 different states. So they've taken this press and leveraged it. They've gone to some investors and leveraged the press, gotten some interest, gotten some grants, and they've had tremendous growth. So if you have entrepreneurs that are not in urban areas like New York City or Silicon Valley, check out a company called Active Defender and look at their stories and maybe see what you can replicate on how they've been able to attract the resources that they need. Yeah, the internet has just opened up the world to so many people, but right. you know, that's why we have people like you on the platform to come on and help guide our listeners, you know? So again, no matter where you find yourself in this world, right? Especially for the veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses out there, right? There is a support network out here available to you. You know, we bring the best on to share lessons learned and everything. So Jim, it's been an honor having you here today. Where can people find you? How can they learn more about the work you're doing uh, down in Wilmington? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter, uh, Red Spire USNC. Um, I'm, there's our website, New ILM, so Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. ILM is the airport code for Wilmington. NewILM.com, and you can find our list of events and other articles. Um, I also had a podcast that you can look up. It's called Three Sips of Advice, where um, I am not on a podcast like Mike and I. I send our visitors, I send them the, the questions, um, three questions in advance, and they film it on their own time. So it's called Three Sips of Advice, 
They may have a beer or a coffee out of their favorite mug that may say University of North Carolina or University of Florida or my Chicago Cubs. And they just answer three questions that probably the audience would learn from. So that's called three sips of advice that you can find on YouTube. Well, I'll be sure to put a link to your website um, in our show notes as well as link to your Twitter. So, uh, again, looking forward to continue watch you build your ecosystem. And he's got advocacy on his list. Let me tell you, we met in 2015. You, We met in 2018. Literally, you are like the biggest advocate I've ever seen. You're always writing articles. You're always being a champion of the community down there. And I have to believe that had to count towards the visibility. You know, it doesn't. You know, nobody knows what's going on unless people are sharing and writing about it, whether it's on a podcast or in a newsletter and stuff, et cetera. So you have been a true advocate of that ecosystem. That's what attracted my attention, and that's why I knew I had to get you on the show. So uh, we look forward to continue watching it grow, and especially for our veterans that are down there in the North Carolina area. Make sure you get plugged in to uh, Jim's work and attend one of those events. You know, uh, would you say you got 115, 150 people showing up? So it sounds like a banger. It is. They're great events. And uh, again, I'd invite you to spend your vacation down in Wilmington and uh, hope to see you down there soon. Awesome. And for all our viewers, listeners, be sure to subscribe to the Transition uh, newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week, everyone. <laughs>